Welcome to Triumph. This is a show about God's mercy and forgiveness in uh, for those people who have had an abortion experience in their past and for those people who are sort of trying to navigate those stormy waters after a, an abortion experience in their past. I'm Tim Welsh, and I'm here with my wife, Joe, as usual. Hello. Hi. <laughs> It's as if we didn't. We haven't seen each other for a month and a half. We rolled up here for forty-five minutes or something. Um, so this is part two of the of the post row kind of recovery um, discussion, and and maybe we can dive into a few things that people haven't really thought about before. As usual, this is just a conversation between Joe and myself. We are both post abortive. We we um, conceived a child way back in the seventies, and. Uh, uh, experience the abortion experience and and uh, have been through an awful lot in our life. We'll be married forty four years really soon. Wow! Wow! Time a flies. month in a month. Well, we Ish. can't date this. I mean, who knows? Okay, when never this mind. Is... <laughs> so it, it's uh, <laughs> it's close forty four years. Yes, it's coming up. But it, I can say that that we've. Um, We've spent the vast majority of our lives having to deal with the abortion experience. I think is it's fair to say. Yeah, the aftermath kind of. And and uh, and now we're we're much more having gone through several different um, healing processes. Uh, we are much more joyful and much more in love and much more faithful in the Catholic faith. And we've just, um, it's been a great experience for us. I mean, the experience <laughs> of the abortion wasn't that great, but the, uh, you know, we're, we're, the healing. we're feeling pretty good. The, yeah. The journey through healing and yeah, it's been great. Yes. So we had an, ex- we had a, a Supreme court decision in Dobbs and, um, um, you know, we're, I, I don't want to make this. The, the point is not Supreme Court decisions. The point is not the um, anything political or anything of the sort. But the the point is, however, what is that? How is that going to affect those people who have already had the abortion experience and who may or may not feel compelled to come forward? Is mm-hmm. it going to deter them? Are they going to be driven further into the closet, or is it going to free them to um, come forward and, and experience the same sort of healing process that we have gone through? Um, I will say this. We had a conversation in, in South Carolina. See, I'm going to talk a little bit. Yeah, I got, you got it. I wasn't going to do that. Um, we had an experience in South Carolina where uh, we get together with some family members, and one of the family members was vehemently um, – distressed about well yeah pro-abortion he was clearly pro-abortion there wasn't anything about choice at all about him he was pro-abortion and and he really disliked the uh the dobbs decision and and it boiled down for me as we as we worked through it with him was that that he'd not read the decision and i don't know very many people who actually have and I think that it's important for people, whether regardless of the regardless of where you are in the political spectrum, regardless of where you are um, on on the issue of abortion itself, you owe it to yourself to actually read the decision. Yes, it's it's seventy eight pages long, and those pages, by the way, are like half pages. They're really not a full yeah. eight and a half by eleven sheet. You can kind of skip over most of the most of the citations of past uh supreme court decisions simply because those are those are for real legal experts i mean the people who are like teaching 
constitutional law or something are going to know what those mean. But you're not going to know what they mean. I don't know what they mean. Uh, but it's are, understandable. It's not over anybody's head. I mean, yeah, I, I understood it. So. Alito is is a very um, very down to earth writer, and his mm-hmm. the the majority opinion is written by Alito, and and it's very understandable. And it's it's I hesitate to say it's a quick read, but it's kind of it's not it's not a hard read. No, and and people should just do that. Regard, again, regardless, so, because there's so much rhetoric out there, there's so much vehemence out there, there's so many narratives out there that people are trying to craft around what is or what is not in Dobbs. And the only way for you to understand that is to actually read it. Yeah. Um, you don't have to read the concurring opinions. You don't have to read the dissenting opinions. Those have no no real effect on anything. They're just Supreme Court uh, justices just um, throwing their two cents in. So. Yeah. So if you are experiencing stress and and even uh, more than that after an abortion experience, there are a lot of good people out there that that are just waiting to waiting to hear from you. And one of them one of them is Bethesda Healing Ministry, and their phone number before I forget is six one four three zero nine zero one five seven. That's six one four three zero nine zero one five seven. Give them a call. They're they're really really good people that would would love to talk to you. So let's talk about you're upset about this whole thing. So <laughs> I'm so, feeling very anxious about it. So so what does that mean? Well, I'm upset because I am hearing a lot of talk about. Um, I guess it's the same kind of rhetoric that we've been hearing for 50 years that this is health care. I know we haven't been hearing health care for 50 years, but we've been hearing how this is no big deal. And that continues to be poured out there. And so where does that leave someone that's had the abortion experience and they're still being told it's really no big deal I I just feel like it's going to throw people, women and men, into kind of a, where do I go with this? Because those that are pro-abortion are so loud. And um, those that may not totally agree with that are are being shouted down. Um, No one's having a real discussion about it. And I'm just worried about... The anxiety, I mean, I feel a little anxious about it because because of all the kind of misinformation that's being put out there about Dobbs and what it is and what it isn't. And I, I, I don't know, I don't know if people are, what people are listening to. So I, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just very anxious about it. And I can't, who do I talk to? Because you're afraid, I'm afraid to bring it up. Well, there's plenty of people to talk to, um, and again, I, I think it's important for for people to know that there are places like Bethesda that are out there uh, holding themselves out to, sure. to help folks, just like with the with the dialogue that you you have you're sort of hoping people get involved in. And so, I just wonder. If you could drop yourself back 10 or 15 years ago, 
what do you suppose this would have done to you? I mean, because it took it it took you a long time to get to the point where you said, "I got to get some help," right? And yeah. so, yeah. So pre pre that moment of clarity, mm-hmm. what 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 do you suppose this would have done to you in in the context of this whole environment of of uh, narrative? I think I would have been. It would have just probably driven me further back into not not knowing how to to handle kind of my perfectionism or my anxiety about other people finding out. I I don't at that time. I don't think I was equipped. I I, I can't imagine. I I wouldn't know how to kind of process it today. I. I'm processing it. I don't want anyone to think that I'm like really super anxious about this, but I, because I do talk to other women that are post-abortive, I like to kind of work through it, talk about it and um, kind of figure out, you know, my best counsel or the, the best questions to ask somebody else. So if it was 15 years ago, I think, it would have caused more anxiety for me um, than it does today, just because it just it just would have put more into question for me. Yeah. So you know we're living in a world that 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 has two cultures. You know we've got two different that we got two really diverse political parties. We've got two really diverse media. Um, uh, environments. We've got two really diverse um, uh, parties in in all things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wonder, you know, I was just, I was taken aback by, I, I forget where I heard this, but, but, you know, when you stand up and say, hey, you know, I, I believe this way or that way, I don't want to get into any of the various... Uh, uh, hot political hot buttons that we have in the United States right now, but but when you say I believe in this, you're going to get laughed at, mm-hmm. right? I mean, when you say I'm pro-abortion, you or I'm pro-life, forgive me, um, and I've had an abortion. It's really not the best, you know. It's not it's not the greatest thing since Jello pudding, like everybody wants you to believe it is. It's you're you're going to get laughed at, right. and you're Ten, going to get yeah. ridiculed. Ten thousand people would step forward to say, "Well, I had one, and it was great." Yeah, and they'd just call you a hater. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Because there's no there's no um, place to just have a conversation. I mean, we talk about this a lot, um, and and in this instance, it's it's kind of strange because I really never thought I would see this in my lifetime. And so I never really, I wasn't prepared. I never prepared myself for post row. That's an interesting point. I, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that the pro life community generally is prepared for this. Yeah, I mean we've been talking about it for a long, long time, and, right? And I, I just, I just don't know if anybody was truly prepared for this. Yeah. Plus, all the, you know, anybody that was born. After the decision, the original Roe decision, they've just 
they've been hearing that this is the best thing. This is what this is. This is a constitutional right. And so now they're getting blown away by the fact that this is taken away. This right is taken away. So it's, it's very um, interesting. You know, on one hand, I never thought I would see the day. And here's another group younger than me that they never thought they'd see the day either. And they were mad about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they've been, they've been, Sort of hoodwinked by a cultural narrative. Absolutely. That's, you know, we've got children of that age, and obviously, and and they are, they're convinced that that something has been taken away from them. Yes. When in fact, frankly, you know, if you do read the decision, nothing has been taken away. Right. It's just been, the only thing that the Supreme Court did with the debate is just change, change the venue. Yeah. That's all. It's, yeah. it's, and, and reaffirm that, you know, everything that women's rights have been fighting for, that women have, should have every, every opportunity, this is put it right back in the court of women. You have the ability to make change, to do anything you want. And this is just another opportunity to say, hey, I like this decision or I don't like this decision. This is, I'm going to do something about it. So before this, before the, um, the Roe decision that we just, that was just handed down, we didn't have a choice. It's just the law of the land. Now we all have a chance. Every man, woman, and child, maybe not child, but a voting age, you have, you have an opportunity to um to make your voice heard it's just i'm not feeling like it's an acceptable voice for the pro-lifers but um and we've been very patient for 50 years haven't we we sure have so you're listening to triumph on saint gabriel radio and uh, this is a, a show about about the abortion healing process and and we're a couple of people have been through that uh, Joe and Tim Welsh here, and and uh, uh, Joe made a really uh, interesting point that you know it it is important for people to um, stand up and sort of be counted, if you will. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I I don't you I shouldn't say don't you I don't want to put words in your mouth. Do you believe that there's some preparation for that? If you were pre pre-healing, if you will, mm-hmm. or pre-moment of clarity, whatever way you want to point put that, could you have handled a conversation like you're uh, sort of hoping that people have now? No. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what does one do to get ready? And, and you know, for, for a person who is post-abortive, person who has an abortion experience in their past, for them to sort of tee it up at a cocktail party or even at a family gathering or whatever, or even just one-on-one with a friend, mm-hmm. um, they're going to run away with their hair on fire. Yeah. And I, when I, I started to read the dissent this, the, um, that, that was written with three justices and when I started reading it, it's very emotional. It's a very emotional response. 
And when you read the decision itself, I think that's where you start. You educate yourself on what it, what this is, what this means. And that's where you start because if you can lay it out that way in the decision, it's very frank, it's very, it's non-hysterical, <laughs> you know, it's just, it, I learned a lot reading it, um, and I think that's where you start. You have to be, not bring it from an emotional standpoint, like, this ruined my life and this is how it ruined my life because then that the other person you're having conversation is going to say, Oh, what about the 10 year old that was raped? And you know, you know, they're going to bring in that emotion and you know, you have to educate yourself to be prepared for a conversation like that. Yeah. And, and there's some self-talk that has to happen, right? I mean, you, you kind of have to say, you, you kind of have to talk to yourself yeah. for a while. Right, you know, yeah. But it, when you're talking about when someone when someone would bring up the 10-year-old that was raped that was been in the, in the news and all that kind of stuff, my response to that would be, you know, we're, not ta- we're talking about me. I, I'm just yeah. telling you how I feel. Right. And you can't argue with my feelings. Right. I mean, yeah. this, is, this is how I feel, and this is the experience that I have had, I, you know, other people may have had a different experience. In fact, if you look up, if you go to Planned Parenthood's uh, website, and I don't encourage people to add to their SEO or anything like that, but if you go to Planned Parenthood's website, you can look up post-abortion stress and post-abortion syndrome, and nobody nobody uh, disagrees with the fact that it it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody understands that. The only question is how pervasive is it? How yeah. how often does that happen? Yeah. yeah. It is on their website, but you have to dig. Oh yeah, you got to you got <laughs> It's dig. not on the front page. You got to dig pretty deep and they and they basically say, yeah, you know, this is just like, just like any post operative kind of depression and blah blah blah. Yeah. So Yeah. But you know, other other post operative um depressions don't get to the realization that I have just what I've just done right uh, yes. so so the abortion is different and the and the uh, the um, uh, decision actually says that that you know all these other things are are different because they don't entail the ending of a of a yeah, life. It's not about potential life right 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 yeah. so it's it's fascinating to do that but I I'm I'm thinking that and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I, um, I, I'm, I can easily be wrong. Um, I'm thinking that really where they start is going through some sort of counseling or healing process. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, that's that's number one. You definitely have to 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 work through something. Um, and you know, I've been through several. And uh, so it wasn't an overnight thing for me. Yeah. It was about 10 years. Um, so what were those, just for the listening audience so that they'll know? Sure. I went through, okay, first of all, Bethesda, and they had a um, program a manual that we worked through. And then um, I went to um, another um, pregnancy center, and we did Living in Color, and that is the one that uh, we're using with Bethesda now. 
And then I went on a uh, weekend retreat, couple of, well, I went on one through um, Rachel's Vineyard and then facilitated that a few times uh, for other women. And so, you know, those are, that's intense because you're looking at yourself from being a young child and kind of how you were formed in your opinions and your family and life and all that. And then uh, kind of looking at, you know, where it went wrong, what what caused, what led you to an abortion. So you really have to dig down deep. It is like counseling. You got to go in there and just kind of tear off the scab a couple of times, quite a few times. And then, you know, you look at anger and fear and just all of that is all balled up into um, just kind of denial and, and you're not, you're never grieved. So you go through grieving and all that. So it sounds really inviting, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I can, I can, I can attest to. I, Everyone's I, going, oh my God. Well, it's, it's anything that is worth doing is, is hard. Correct. You know, Correct. and, and it, it was clearly worth doing. Yes. For yes. you and for us. Correct. I mean, we we are very lucky to even still be married. Correct. I mean, you know, we if if you look statistically of of couples who have gone through uh, what what we have gone, and there's nothing special about us. I don't want anybody to yeah, think right. we think we're the, you know some great couple or anything. But but the fact is, you know, you know, we have an abortion experience in our past that, generally speaking, historically ends the relationship pretty yes. quickly, like yes. within six months to a year. Correct. Usually the partners just just go their separate ways. I'm a recovering alcoholic. Normally that uh, there's an awful lot of people that divorce over alcoholism. Absolutely. Uh, you know, so... Um, so, so one of us is stubborn. Which well, one? I don't know which one it is. <laughs> stubborn or just stupid. I don't know. <laughs> one of the two. There's a real fine I'm seeing this out. I'm the, seeing this till the end. Yeah, okay, I'm just telling yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, you're paying me back, right? Uh, so um, the the point is that that other people don't have that kind of dedication or or stubbornness, whatever way you want to call it. Dedication, Dedication is a better word. Um, So, you know, there are women out there that are sitting in their uh, one-room apartment or sitting in in just by themselves having to deal with this. And, you know, what what kind of – I mean, I, I know what the advice is, but and by the way, I can I can attest to the whole Rachel's Vineyard thing being a very emotional. I remember going over to uh, there's some place near Steubenville. We we did mm-hmm. that, um, and I went over there for the last day for like the last celebration where you do, I, I think essentially a requiem mass almost mm-hmm. for for the yes. child. And yes. man, and those of people who don't know me will know that I'm the crier of our relationship and I just sobbed like a baby. Yeah. I mean, it was just really very emotional. It was a lot, but it was very cathartic too. Yeah, it was, it was was very, very good. Yeah. And I, and I really would not recommend that as like your first foray into healing, um, because it is in a very intense weekend. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think you, you start with a healing light, and then yeah. you move into a Rachel's Vineyard. If you're thinking, I need to get this done in a weekend, just take my advice. 
you need to start out a little slower than that because that you don't know what your emotions are. You don't know what it's going to bring up. And um, I would, I'm not saying that it's not for anybody, but I would just, I always recommend start out a little bit slower with some people that you know, because generally you're in a, in a group of women that you don't know, uh, which is okay. It's good. Um, but you're in a group with people, nobody, you know, you know, nobody there. Right. And so it's very intense and, um, it, it's probably not the first thing you should attempt and just to get it done, because if you're post-abortive, you may just be one of those people that is a kind of a box checker. That's me. Um, so you want to like, okay, I'm going to get this done and then I'm going to be healed and it'll be all good and there'll be rainbows and lollipops and sunshine. Unicorns. And unicorns. Yes, yes. Um, or just Mr. Ed. <laughs> no, Mr. Ed. So anyway, I interrupted you with that little No, no, no. That's, that's what I was, that's what I, I mean. I think the first step is to seek some counseling someplace, whether yes. that's whether that's with a priest or whether that's with a, uh, a licensed counselor, and there's plenty of them that are starting to recognize this as a real thing, mm-hmm. um, or or whether it's just with with a friend. Yeah. Uh, some sometimes you know you sort of dip your toe in the water and see what's there, mm-hmm. um, but it has to be a real friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, it really just can't be somebody that. And and you know, by the way, the Rachel's Vineyard thing. You know, when you add to it. Uh, perfect strangers who, you you know, you kind of wonder about confidentiality, plus you're living away from your home for a weekend and all the things that go with that and, you know, all the stresses associated with. Well, you worry about what are these people going to think of me? I've never met these people before. And now I'm like pouring out my, just my wonderful laundry to them. (laughs) Yeah. And that's a good thing, but it it's also good, it also yeah. can add some stress. Absolutely, you know. I mean, yes. it's probably a good thing that you don't. I mean, if you walked in there and I know the first AA meeting I walked into, I knew a couple of people, and I thought, oh my gosh, I don't want right. to be here because yeah. I know those. And people. And they're there because. And they're there because that is for the same reason I am. Right. And they yeah. were probably thinking, oh my gosh, I hope he doesn't tell anybody. I, was I hope here. he doesn't know me. <laughs> right, I hope he doesn't right, recognize me. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So anyway, this has been good. I, I I so appreciate your candor and and love you dearly and 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 um, uh, He's very. Gonna cry now. I am going to cry. It's very. <laughs> I'm very appreciative of you and um, and and I I think the listening audience, if we can leave with one thing, read the blasted decision. Yes, you know, absolutely. Read the opinion. Yes, everybody, whether you're going through it or not, just read the decision. You've been listening to Triumph on. St. Gabriel Radio. Uh, this has been a, a a good thing about the post post Roy uh, post row uh, healing process and what that what that looks like. God bless each of you and peace be with you. Then-